Today on our show... We're counting down the top ten one single season television shows. One damn season. Let's go, Polly. Oh, yeah. That's right. Setting the scene... I'm sure some of our older viewers know what the fuck that is. And most Listen of you are going, what the fuck was that What opening? was that bullshit? <laughs> Old farts? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, welcome to episode 3, what, sorry, 416. <laughs> I was going to say, what the fuck? We didn't just lose 100. Uh, 416 of the Countdown Podcast. My name is Wayne. And my name is Paul. And welcome to the show. We count down stuff in order of awesomeness so you don't have to. Today's topic is a television one. I didn't play the television opener. Sorry, that's uh, just too long for our Good. today's purposes. <laughs> Fine with me. <laughs> Instead, we're embracing the new format with a bit of a different opener there for you. Now, Wayne, this one came out of, I think, a list we saw maybe online somewhere. And Possibly. we initially thought, well, this is making about cancelled television shows. And then after realising that was pretty fucking hard, we thought, you know what? Nah, just one, one season. season. So it may actually be kind of a limited series. Yep. Or a mini series, be a mini series, because technically that's a season. They could do it like you know what the Sherlock Holmeses are only three episodes per season, but there's four seasons of them, so that's that doesn't count. No, it doesn't count. Yeah. but I'm saying that if you had only three episodes and it's a season, that's yeah, still a season. I, I, I see it clear if there's three episodes. I don't two, have any three nights, those. I don't have any. Of them. I'm I just do have the point. a few more episodes, single so limited seasons though. So absolutely, we'll see when we get to that one. But yeah, that's basically the parameter now. It was a bit divisive in our Facebook listening community. Links in the show notes if you'd like to get involved in the discussion. Some people were sort of advocating that should be a different show and some were saying, well, here's my list if this and here's my list if that. That's part of a fun discussion. We're making this shit up as we go no shit. along, in case you were wondering after 416 attempts at this <laughs> format of the show. So let's, uh, without any further ado, no recount today. Uh, pick behind the curtains. This one's recording very soon after 4.15 recorded. Once again, me fucking with the schedule because I'm yeah. going away for the weekend. No, it's a, it's a Monday night. Yep. It's evening. We're chilling uh, at, you know, the, the crib here. And Wayne went and saw Ed Sheeran last night and then, and then got an altercation with some weird dude out the That's front of his right. house. That's right. Shit happens all the time up in this crib, man. I'm just saying. <laughs> so he has lived a very eventful life. That's and, true. And I've just been normal. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into it then. Without any further ado, Wayne, straight to you. Let's do it. You're number 10. All right. A few surprises in my list this week, folks. I'm just playing jazz. My number 10 is an odd TV show that I got into over the pandemic. Okay. And it's one that you've never heard of, but I often thought to myself, uh, I had to go through and I was like, oh yeah, that one. That it's in nature like Buffy in its, in its, mm. uh, in its approach, although it is much ruder than Buffy. Okay. Uh, is created by Genji Cohen, who did Weeds, which is one of my favorite oh, shows. Oh, yes. I know you're a big fan of that one. And it's called Teenage Bounty Hunters. Okay, heard of, it. heard of it. Never yeah. watched it. I yeah. had never yeah. heard of it before I, think, I picked it up. Is it on Netflix? Netflix, yeah. Right. So this is a show set in a very pious kind of religious community of like school. It's like, it's like a school where everyone is full on God squad, okay? Except these two twin sisters, they're fraternal twins, they're not identical. Although they're, it's set in the, the, like, even when, like, she's sort of, it starts, the very first thing is them, like, making out with some dude in the car, and they're like, how far should we go? And even the guy is so pious, he's like, should we, should, are we allowed to do this? Like, is God watching? Shit like that, okay? And they're sort of, like, learning to be a bit slutty, but they somehow turn into bounty hunters, because they, this guy drives past them, they stop him, an actual bounty hunter comes behind okay. them, and they start shooting and all kinds of shit. It's a really weird show, okay? But it is surprisingly good. Now I be very selective as who I who I um would recommend recommend this to, and I'm not even sure why. Why is it? Is it too? It's because it for the first few episodes it does seem a bit dithery. Like what is this shit? But there's so much sort of funny little humor in it. And to be fair, the two girls are kind of cute. And it's it's sort of like that helps. Think about this: Buffy the Vampire Slayer meets Veronica Mars with a dash of Mean Girls. How's okay. that? How's that well, sound? Doesn't sound bad. So it's a little bit of that. So it's uh, I will st it will take you. This is the thing. It's only one season, so it's not like if you got all the time in the world. So it got canned, it. or it was only meant to be I one season. I think it got canned because it ended in 2020. So you know, I'm thinking that. But there there is a lot to pack into one season. But the show does actually pull it off with ease, and all of the characters are the chemistry between them is kind of infectious, is what I would say. Okay. So yeah, again, it's not the first thing you should rush out and watch. Watch your number ten. Yes, yeah, my number 10. So there you go. All right. Well, my number 10 also would fall into that category, though. It's a bit older than that one because that was just re recently. Like, was it last year? Two years ago? Two years ago. Yeah. Two and a bit. This one's from 2005 uh, into 2006. It only lasted one season, obviously. It's called Invasion. 
And you did tell me of this show. Comes from producer Sean Cassidy, who worked on. Do you remember a show American Gothic back in the day? Yeah, yeah. And then Cold Case, he was one of the producers on that show as well. So he's got. A, Pedigree. Interesting pedigree mm. of this sort of genre kind of stuff, although Cold Case is more police procedural, obviously. Yeah, I remember that. This one is kind of a modern, well, then modern day knockoff. Card was almost 20 years ago. Holy fucking shit. A then modern day sort of knockoff of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Now, it didn't succeed, but it's got William Fitchner, who is playing. We love Bill Fitchner. We do love Bill Fitchner. He's the sort of pseudo star of it, but very early on, it becomes apparent. He's being taken over, or you think he's being taken over by some sort of alien. Yeah. So these, it's a hurricane, and this happened not that long after Hurricane Katrina. Okay. So maybe that put a hole in people watching this because they didn't have a stomach for it. But there's a hurricane. These aliens, sort of from vague memory now, and I'm being very vague, sort of deposit themselves in the swamps around in this, wherever it's set in Florida, in the Everglades of Florida, mm-hmm. and slowly people start to change and get different and whatever else. But Sort of not even the plan of the aliens is really revealed through the course of the first season. It's all huge cliffhangery and ends on cliffhanger. It wasn't meant to end, it got cancelled. Not enough people watched it. Mm. It's a real shame. So I'm not recommending go out and watch it because it would just be a waste of your time. And this is back in the day of twenty two episodes for network TV. So this was a uh, this was mm. ABC. Yeah, oh really? Uh oh no, it wasn't ABC uh, I don't know. Anyway, it was one of those it was an ABC, NBC, CBS type show. Mm. So it had twenty two episodes, which these days is such an anathema. I don't no, no, think no. I could bring myself to watch a 22 episode. Was it one hour? Comedy. Yeah, these are one, 42 minutes. Fucking hell. Yeah. But then it was the norm. So you just watched it and got on with it. Yeah. X Files. Mm. We used to bust that shit out too. X Files. Any show. Any show through that era was around 22 episodes. Yeah. Sometimes 20, sometimes from American TV, of course. Sometimes and 25 or 26. In the case right. of a season of Lost. So. What about the, the 24? Had, you know, 24, 24 episodes. episodes. It was like, ooh. So, yeah. So, oh, okay. It, but this was my up my alley sort of sci fi horror. It's not horrific really at any stage, but the idea that you could be taken over by another entity is pretty horrifying sure. in and of itself. So. That's my number 10, Invasion. Not bad at all. Okay. My number nine goes all the way back to 2000. And this is an absolute nostalgia pick. Mm, okay. 23 years old, I guess. Uh, and the <laughs> this came out, and I remember it was popular among me and my friends, including Inkster, because we used to talk about it and stuff like that. It's a show called Gross Point. Was this based on Gross Point Blank? It was not. Oh, um, okay. But that would be cool. Uh, no, Gross Point is, in fact... It's one of the first shows within a show, okay? So what it is, it's about the set of a very Beverly Hills 90210 type show. And all of the people in it, uh, what you would imagine are the hot young actors of its time. However, it is based, uh, the characters are actually based off all of the, you can tell there's a Dylan here and there's a that guy there and there's a Brandon. Dylan who? Those are people in 90210, okay? (laughs) Okay. And it was created by Darren Starr, who did like, you know, fucking Sex in the City and shit like that. Uh... Yeah. So... It was an interesting kind of what was it was just really really funny because you know one of the actors so taking the piss totally taking the yeah, piss so. half hour show was I think it was a half hour show in fact it was a half hour show and it had you know okay, from Sex in the City um, Charlotte who's like the mm-hmm. hot one mm-hmm. she was in it for a bit and there was a joke where she went into someone's trailer and took a massive shit and then <laughs> they were like as you do <laughs> as I then, did before coming over here today. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Another peek behind the curtain. <laughs> um, but they were making gags. Like, when she got, I was like, yo, man, Kristen's got, she just fucking took a huge shit. I thought, oh, damn, Sex in the City, season two, number two. She, they're making jokes like that. Okay. So it's a gag okay, out there. Sex in the City had started by that point in time. Yes, that's yeah. where she had come from. So it was a really, uh, it was just, it's a surprisingly funny show. I'm okay. actually kind of sad that it, because I was having a good time with it, and then it didn't return. It just got canned. Definitely got canned. Yep. Definitely got canned. Yeah, uh, those type of shows that get an audience. What's that sort of? Is it something something on the Sunset Strip? Studio sixty on Sunset. Mm, let's not talk about that. Oh, we'll oh, back. oh coming back <laughs> on <laughs> around on that one then. All right, my number nine is a show from the, the Halcyon days of AMC. So right around the time that Walking Dead kicked off and absolutely captured the imagination of the world and how good it was initially. Yeah. Another show came out to much smaller fanfare, and it was called Rubicon. In 2010. I seem to remember something about this. And Mad Men was out around this time mm-hmm. and, and Breaking Bad was out around this time. So I had these three absolutely juggernaut shows kicking ass in different sort of demographics. And then Rubicon was trying to find its way into being this kind of very slow-paced thriller about sort of espionage. And, and I, oh. I, I want to say spies, but there's very little spycraft happens in the first season. Instead, it's about an analyst at a New York-based federal intelligence agency who suddenly, uh, gradually starts to put together there is this great big conspiracy going on 
and he's managed to join the dots, but no one else has. And it's played. He's played by James Badge Dale. I know his name. Who is in heaps of shit, but um, the Pacific. Which oh yeah. That yeah, yeah. also yep. come up today. Yep. We'll yep. find out about that one. Uh, yeah, it's it was really the guy. Created, the writer's name was Henry Rommel, and he said. It was born out of the belief that we in the United States could wake up one day soon and find our democracy gone, not vanquished by an army, but by an almost invisible, invisible, sorry, collusion between business and government. I'm not the, I know I'm not the only one who feels helpless and powerless in the face of this collusion. So that's that real conspiracy mm. tying into a couple of weeks ago's show. Drew, you in did it? Yeah, look, it, it was really slow, and I do remember like I'm having to grip my teeth here. Yeah, but the promise of what it was setting up, the payoff of what might have come was really intriguing because it wasn't just Will Travers. It was a bunch of other sort of character actors who worked in his agency and I imagine as we went on, some would have been in on it, some wouldn't have been. And, you, know. You, you know, I've heard a story that a very popular trope or like practice when you write a season of TV is that, okay, we're gonna, we, in the writer's room you develop the arc, you develop the 12 or 20 or however many episodes there are and you have to write an ending or two endings for the final finale. And that is sometimes you have the same ending where, look, if this doesn't continue, this can stay like this is a reasonable wrap up to that season and this show. Right. But if it does continue, we've got a way to go. My and memory is there's no real wrap up to this. Yeah. See, so that's the thing. They were hoping for a second season, but apparently mm. there's sometimes they film two endings just in case they know by episode, you know, last second, last episode, we're going to use that ending. When the writer and creator says to the star, I promise you next season you won't be doing as much thinking and staring. You know, it's not a really great sign. Yet, I have to emphasize the premise was so intriguing and the performances are excellent. James Badgedale is a very good actor and so are all the other bit parts in mm -hmm. it too. Recently, New York Times said, this show still holds up and Vulture said, the time is right to rediscover this in 2019. So, so it had critical acclaim, yeah, but not bumps on seats. Exactly. Yes. exactly. So that's Rubicon at my number nine. Nice one. My number eight, I did not know, was a one season show until I did my research for this show. Oh, okay. It's Battlestar Galactica, Paul. Yeah, exactly. Same. It's, weirdly enough, it's my number eight. All right. Now, everyone. And that was the theme you heard at the top in case exactly, you were wondering. Exactly, exactly. Now, before, you're probably thinking, you're probably more familiar with the Edward James Olmos uh, yep. Battlestar Galactica, and which Katie was Sackhoff. Katie Sackhoff, really great. Oh, there's no question that show, other than its really piece of shit last couple of episodes, there's a fucking shit, is a much better show than this one. It was literally at the end it, of the last episode. But it got four or five years from memory, Battlestar Galactica, BSG. Yeah. To make its mark. This one only lasted one season. I thought it was like two or three years, but it all gets kind of mixed up a little bit because it did later have a spin-off in 1980 called Galactica. And then there was a two, and then, then the original 2003 one comes along after that. What? So this is 1978. So Paul and I through were to, three, through to 79, three yeah. years old. And I didn't watch it as it came Obviously out. Obviously not. I saw it many years later. But it was one of those shows which kept getting replayed on TV here in Australia. Maybe it was the first run when we were six or seven. That's right. You know what? <laughs> By the time we got to it, it was probably three years later because it's not now. Because that's the way it rolled back in those days. And to me, I remember at the time being really excited about, oh, Battlestar Galactic's coming on. Because there's this character called Tweaky, everyone. Oh, yeah, And it was robot, a, a little robot. It was a shit-looking robot. It looked like a boy. It had a nose and shit. And it was like, nee, 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 nee. <laughs> I'm not going to do it, but there was a whole, it had catchphrases and a thing, right? So, whereas I was all about Dirk Benedict. Yeah, face from the A team mm -hmm. was Starbuck, which is why it was such a subversion when it was a chick in yep. the BSG. Katie Sackhoff. Uh, Katie Sackhoff. So, uh, but yes, he was cool. He was like Hawk from G.I. Joe. He was exactly that character with the, with the flak jacket, except he was in space and he had the hair, you know, the hair. So, um, it was a really great show, I think. But to be fair, I've never seen it since that run. No, I'm very much the same. It probably would be shit to sit there and watch it now. But you know what brought it back, though? It wasn't brought back. It was a spin-off. It wasn't a sequel. Otherwise, this wouldn't make his list. Yeah. It was snail mail letters written by fans to the network. Now, we hear about all, you know, really? Snyder stands and everything yeah. else going around. They can resurrect something here. But that's at the power of a click of a button. Yeah. And, you know, type a few angry words then into what? a forum, whatever. Imagine being so incensed, enough people being so incensed in letters. this era following from Star Wars, which is what this show clearly was. It's trying to cash in on, Totes. on the absolute juggernaut it was one that year was Star after Wars. Yeah. Star Wars yeah. which, so when this Star Wars hit and hit big, you know, they all sat down and went, we need to get a slice this action. And 12 months later or 10 months later onto TV comes the first episode of Battlestar Galactica. 
I'm not really sure why people didn't jump for it because it seems like it would have fit the mould at the time. But it, I remember it being very, very exciting when I saw it. So obviously, fan, well, obviously a lot of people agree because they wrote enough over the, after it was cancelled to get this spin-off series made and 10 was episodes. Dirk, was Dirk Benedict in that one? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I never even knew there was a spin-off series, so there you are, son. So there we are, Battlestar Galactica. And if you're not familiar, obviously it's the Italian of a long conflict between humans and Cylons, which were robots in this era created by an extinct reptilian race. Whereas in the remake, we created the robots and they revolted, took yes. off. Yes, yeah. good point. I forgot about that. You're right. So they made a lot of upgrades to the updates, I should say, to the 2003 series. But yeah, there we are. It just didn't hit at the time and it was gone. Most people prefer the 2000s reboot, rightly so, I think. I assume, because again, haven't watched it in, what's that, 35 years. Yeah, it's been 40, a while. 45 years. It's been a while. <laughs> Shit, has it? Fucking hell. All right. Well, 40 years since I watched it. Ugh, let's not talk about it. All right. Um, so straight back to you if you're. Back to me. My number seven. Mm-hmm. Okay. So here's a. I guess this is as close to a mini series as I can, as I can get to. It's The People versus OJ Simpson. Um, yep. Now. Never watched it. Heard it's really good. Oh my God. I didn't. I only, I only watched it because I wasn't planning on it, but I only watched it because I just heard all these good reports. So I'm like, okay, let's give it a try. So you've got like, you know, it's like David Schwimmer is in it and stuff like that. He's playing like the Kardashian lawyer guy. He's, it's what, the, what, what really John makes... John Travolta in this too? Yeah, John Travolta as well. And Cuba Gooding is O.J. Simpson. Right. And he's small in stature, but really does nail the role. Now, what is good about it is it gives you... It gives you every... The, the writing is in, kind of impeccable. The, the, the way they use all of the situations, for example, the glove that was too like small for OJ in, in court, he put it on, oh, this isn't my glove, it's too small. It's because the fucking glove shrank because it was wet. And mm. then John Travolta actually tried it on and said, fuck, it's too small. Go make him try it on. And there's all these tactics that actually showed him up. And even all the people around OJ Simpson was like, this doesn't make sense. If you didn't do it, who did? They all knew, right? Mm-hmm. They all fucking knew. And it shows every single part of it and what happens like later in this and that. And putting it from his point of view, where you're so, you're not sympathetic to him. It's hard to be sympathetic to he's an murderer, ass- right? Well, he's sort of played like an asshole as well. Mm-hmm. But watching all of the things that happened around it and all the people struggling around him and stuff made it really like... You could see how like, we don't really have a choice but to throw in with this guy. Like, we're his people. And we kind of like not provided alibis for him, but by being guilt by association, we have to now fight for his innocence. Wow! It's like a, it's really, really, really well done, and it actually makes you yeah, it makes you think back on what you just watched for weeks. It's that kind of a show. How many episodes in this? I don't know. I think it was don't ten. Ask me ten. Hard, ten. Don't ten. ask me hard questions. Ten, ten. Ten. Ten episodes. Okay. Well, that's 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 quite a fair number yeah. of episodes. Yeah. And from memory, I could be wrong on this. Uh, was it eight or ten? My number seven has the same number of episodes. It was only intended to be a one-off series. And it's about it's a World War Two drama. Oh yeah, and it follows the experiences of three Marines who fought in the Pacific. Right. So I'm, and one of them is James Badge Dale again. Yep. There you it's go. It's 2010's The Pacific. Mm. And I never saw this one. You never. I no. gotta watch it. The Pacific. Yeah. Now I'm not going to mention what else it could be compared to. Yes, that's the thing that I was thinking of because yes. it's not on my list anyway. So you can if you want. Oh. Okay, but if it's on your <laughs> list, you can't. So. So one of the great things about this show is. Uh, look, we do this. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen, if you're an international listener, we get very excited when Australia gets mentioned in a big Hollywood production. Oh, was it mentioned? It, not just mentioned. They go to Melbourne. There's a whole episode. What? There's a whole episode set in Melbourne. One of the dudes, I can't remember if he gets an Australian girl pregnant or they just get into a relationship, but yeah, there's a whole thing about him connecting with this woman. It's, and it's, This is World War Two, yeah? Yeah. So you see 1942 there, Melbourne. There's a pub right across from Flinders Street Station, which can't remember the name off the top of my head, but I can picture it. Right there, which really? they literally go into, and I've drunk in that pub several times, and so it's like, oh, that's kind of cool too. But then when the battle scenes come, and they do come, mm. Iwo Jima, for example, and and the jungles of Guadalcanal, excellent, Guadalcanal, that's, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Okay, heart wrenching, deaths galore, survival, and miracle, miraculous stories of survival. It's got everything. This really? particular show and showing that these group of of soldiers as they try to survive, being you know, off they go. They enlist, they go and fight, and a lot of them don't make it back, as is often the case with these stories. It doesn't glorify war, it just shows the, hero- the heroism of people who are thrust into it. So, Did, um, is it, how many episodes do you know? I think it was, it was eight or ten. Eight or ten, yeah, okay. That's a, yeah, that's a stretch. All right, The Pacific. Well worth a watch. I think this one would hold up. And yeah. Yeah, you know, again, it's from the same creators of that other show that, that we will we'll talk about soon. in due course. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, well, my number six, uh, I knew this would make Paul spew, but also I wanted it to be no my number six. Wor- no need yet for this bad boy, so get ready. Hawkeye. 
Yeah, baby. What? Hawkeye was the no. shit, son. Listen up, people. It's very fat. Oh, hell? fuck you, you fucking fuckball. No. <laughs> All right, listen. No. Too long. No. Too long this episode without hearing from no, no, no. the soundboard. Too long is your shitty soundboard sounds. <laughs> that went on for a fucking week. So, suck, suck a dick. dick. Yeah, so. <laughs> Hawkeye, ladies and gentlemen. I know it's very fashionable to rag on Marvel TV shows if you're Paul Prisola. Oh, fashionable. And <laughs> I just started a movement before everyone else was realizing they needed I that movement. I don't know about that. But I po- am a trendsetter. Eh, of, of the Marvel shows that came, I know Paul loves Loki, and yes, it is very good. Loki's great. Okay? Uh, the exception that proves the rule. Well, uh, Captain America, the Winter Ass. That sucked. Uh, the, the Captain, that was shit. Uh, what was the other one? Fucking She-Hulk. Eh. Not bad. Well, eh. had its moments, shall we say. But... Hawkeye, I liked from start to finish. Okay, you got Wonder your Haley Steinfeld started interestingly. Wonder Vision was out. good. It's just that it be, yeah, I don't know. Look, Wonder Vision wasn't bad either, yeah. but Hawkeye Back is to my the show favorite. which you've yeah, un- very strangely liked so much. Dude, this was great. Okay, the whole it looked like a Shane Black movie. Okay, it was all set in Christmas and oh, shit and God. action and snow and shit, and it was really really cool. I like me some Haley Steinfeld, and I love how she actually inter- like was. With Hawkeye. Hawkeye's basically like James Bond in this show, everyone. He's a little James Bondy. And that makes it cool. Also, is he, Haw- he is. There's a lot of tux work in one episode. Um, <laughs> but more importantly, it presents, it presents uh, Hawkeye. He presents Hawkeye as very much like Bullseye, who's another Marvel character who can throw anything and hit anything with amazing torque. So that's his little gift. It's kind of cool. So yes, Hawkeye is my number six. One season show. Wow. I wonder if we'll get a second season. <laughs> I and certainly you hope can so. remove it from this stupid list that eh. you just made. Well, it's a good episodes. list that up until then ah. you have ruined. Uh, all right. <laughs> my number six. Is that where we are? Uh, yes. So I had some late changes on my list, so I'm getting very confused. Oh, yes. My number six is a one-off TV show that just tickled my fancy and fell right into my my wheelhouse it's called Harper's Island from 2009 oh what's this this was from memory 12 or 13 episodes and it was meant to be this anthology series that would basically be about a whole bunch of different murder mysteries where the show would kill off one major character every episode ah uh, here's where he likes yep. it so it would whittle things away yeah whittle until you know eventually a bit like a screen film or whatever those kind of things you'd be left with the killer reveal in the final episode and who gets out alive and that's exactly what happened in this this show. It's all the things you kind of talked about nine hundred two one zero. It's kind of like that melodrama. I think in this case they came together for some kind of really inheritance or a big family party or whatever, and then the family start getting offed. You know, this big rich family, this huge island, and and gradually we're whittled away. A couple of good couple characters in there who kind of come to care about. They, yeah. don't, they don't all make it and that type of stuff. So. Yeah, really good fun. Was it only meant to be one season? No, it was meant to be an anthology. So it was meant to be, here's this one, we get the answer at the end of this season, now we move into a whole different set of characters and do something else. That show has now been made. It's called Slasher. Oh. There's three seasons of it, so it doesn't qualify for this list. It's a Canadian TV show, and they create a new set of characters. Often, some uh, there's a few actors who are in every season playing a different character each time, a bit like American Horror Story as well. But in Slasher, then, same thing. A bunch of characters whittled down to the reveal of who the murderer is and then anyone who survives. Harper's Island did it first, and Harper's Island was really good fun and did it well. So that's my number six. Very nice. My number five is the one you mentioned before. It's called Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. Right. I did a bit of reading about this. Wondered if it would be on your list. Dude, this is one of my favorite. This is actually a tragedy, if you ask me, okay? So picture it, people. Sicily. Um, <laughs> this came out. Around, okay, so what is it? It's, a, it's about, again, a show within a show, but it's, it's behind the scenes at a very Saturday Night Live type show, okay? Yep. This came out at the same time as 30 Rock. 30 Rock won, this one lost. It was a drama, and it was an Aaron Sorkin drama, no less. Uh, um, so Aaron Sorkin doesn't hit every single time. Absolutely not. Um, apparently, J.J. Abrams pitches every week, and you only see the ones that he gets, which well, is like two a week. Yeah, yeah. So, success is a numbers game, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Just ask when he's dating. <laughs> I thought we were talking about success. Um, <laughs> all right, so it's got uh, Chandler in it, and he's hot off the friends, right? He's still young looking. He doesn't look weird anymore. It's still yet, but you know. And, <laughs> Drugs um, haven't taken hold yet, okay. No, it hasn't. Uh, he looks actually very healthy and very, like, you know, kind of cool. And Bradley uh, Whitford? Yes. Yeah, the, um, an Aaron Sorkin alum from an alum, West Wing. Yep. West Wing, exactly. And it's got, um, it's got Deal Hughley and a few other people, like the dude from Wings, that TV show and stuff in there yeah. that you, you know. But. What makes it the shit is that... Well, okay, so it's got all the Aaron Sorkin dialogue, okay? And I'll tell you one thing about Aaron Sorkin. He's a great writer, but do not take his advice on how to... Make characters speak? No, <laughs> on how to 
get a girlfriend because in there's an excellent scene that's written really well. Anyone should know. <laughs> he has one of the main characters go after one of the other characters, who is Emma. Who's the wife of the dude who did Game of Thrones? The guy who did Game of Thrones? Yeah. Um, so his wife is Benny that, Offer wife? Is the hot woman. Yeah, he's the hot woman from the whole nine yards. Um, Amanda Pete. Amanda Pete. Amanda oh, Pete. That's okay. her. Didn't know that one together. Yeah. Right. So he has her. Basically, he, he goes after her. And she's and he literally says, "If you, I'm coming after you. If you don't like me or whatever, you better start running because I'm coming for you." Wow, that's now it does sound very predatory the way I've said it. That's uh, that wouldn't fly in 2023. No, but, she, but when when she was when he said that to her and it were it, again, if you watch the scene, it works, right? She actually goes oh, like she's never been spoken to like that. He's he's doing it nicely, but yeah, it sounded <laughs> sure. the way I did it probably didn't, didn't come off. And <laughs> once again, no success, ladies and gentlemen. But um, <laughs> other than that, this show is actually electrically good with all of its dialogue and plot and what it's doing and showing how these people. But it just got canned, man. It just got canned. Didn't have the audience. Did not have the audience. And then, ironically, Aaron Sorkin t- guest stars on an episode of 30 Rock, and they fucking take a jab at him about Ooh, this. Which, obviously, he approved. Of course. He he's the yeah. man. He's the man. So, uh, yeah, Studio 60, son. That's how it is. Okay. Well, never watched it, and obviously won't bother giving I imagine it didn't last very long either. It was only six or eight episodes, and it was uh, canned. Yeah, around that. It didn't even see its full season from vague, vague memory. My number five is a show which took on a different life and a different medium. And they absolutely knocked it out of the park in that medium. But what people don't realise is the Naked Gun was based on this one season of television absolutely. called Police Squad in 1982 that had the Zucker Brothers and Jib Abrams coming off airplane. They brought the same spoof, farcical comedy, which is bloody hilarious. And most of the jokes are reappropriated for the first Naked Gun film, which is one of the best comedies ever made, in my opinion. Absolutely. And so when you go back, and I, I didn't understand what I was watching. I, I do remember <laughs> to this day... One night, just flipping channels back when you had all six to choose from here, in, or maybe five to choose from here in Australia. Yeah. And what's this show? Oh, it's it's the naked. That's no, not the naked. What is this? Well, this is, that is it was so surreal because we had never heard of the naked gun. Sorry, we'd only heard of the naked gun. Yeah, right? not, not police squad. And then police squad turns up, and I actually rented this from the local Planet Video. Remember Planet Video? So we're talking about an actual cassette. Yep. And there was only one season of it. But yeah, all the jokes were recycled to that movie. But to us, it was like, what the hell? That was new. So it was wicked, man. And the best thing about it, I thought, was this. It's so stupid and seems like a simple gag. But every time the show started, they would say, this week's episode. and The wages of fear. Yes. And then the, the on-screen prompt would be a completely else. different episode. <laughs> <laughs> the, the butler did it or some shit. And they would just play it. Every time, and I would laugh every single yep. time. Yep. It's so weird that that happened. And th- at the end of the show, they'd always have that. Ha ha. And then freeze frame. Except then, that it wasn't a freeze frame. The actors would just be gold. staying still. Just and they'd gold. be wiping and blinking. Fucking hilarious. Man. And at that stage, Leslie Nielsen wasn't known for comedy. Nope. Well, with Airplane. I mean, obviously, we were after Airplane. He was. But that he was a straight so to speak, actor up to that point He was time. a Western actor, a popular in, in He was Western in Forbidden Planet. He just played really deadly, yes, serious roles. Yes, And then they right. cast him here and he had just genius comedy time. And that was the rest of his career. He was playing in all these spoof films after that. All, well, most yeah, of them related right. to Abraham's think about it. Yeah, he never and the I, Duckers. Shit, I even forgot so about So ABC ordered this as a six-episode mm-hmm. pilot sort of trial and they saw it, if it worked, it would replace Mork and Mindy, which was coming to its end. Wow, really? But it didn't take off. People weren't interested. As funny as it was, you know, and often clearly the guest star off in the opening credits, all these kinds of things. Fucking hilarious. But it was just ahead of its time. And we had to wait to go to the big screen. I think it was four years later for 86 for the police squad. It's Sorry, for Naked a, Gun. But it's from the file of the police squad. But it made it to like to an, a big screen movie from having been a cancelled, presumably, show. So that's really weird that that happened. Mm. Huh. So there you go. Wow. Okay. Interesting. Not on your list? It is most definitely on my oh, list. Oh, so it's coming up. It's we definitely will, coming up. We will see where this one falls. All right, that's uh, my number five. Back to you for your number four. Cool. My number four, this is a very odd one, and it's a very blink if you miss it one, but it's something that caught me back in the... When was it? This was... Uh, come on, cunt. <laughs> 2000. <laughs> 2000 to 2001. It was a one-season show called The Street. Now... You'll never have heard of this because no one ever heard about this but no, me. Fit, I, I, what's that song? No, you're not the streets. It's right. Dry your eyes, mate. <laughs> no. Oh, but oh gosh, don't you know it? That yes, song, yeah. Yes. That's a British band that we are riffing off now. It has nothing to do with my <laughs> thing. The Street is a another Darren Star show, but here's the idea, okay? 
it is set in the world of corporate stock trading. Okay, mm-hmm. so right oh, away it's probably a bit tough, right? Yeah, yeah. But I was kind of in that world back then. I'm a very different man now. So it follows the lives of a group of employees working in the small, like Wall Street trading companies, and it's got like uh, the the actors Ooh, in it. Hang on, it's got Jennifer Connelly. Yes, uh, Jezza Cosa, and it's got Tom Everett Scott, who you may or may yeah, not yeah. know, right? Him. Uh, the only other actors I can tell you about are Rick Hoffman, who's in Suits, that TV show now. Giancarlo Esposito was in it as well, uh-huh. which is uh-huh. something. Yeah. And uh, Bridget Wilson, Sampras. Yep. You know, like this, Jenny Garth from Dano 210. They were all in there. Well, so, they were running around wearing suits, huh? On power suits on Wall Street. Yeah, you might like Sounds it. Sounds all right. You might like it. <laughs> Bradley Cooper, bro. Bradley Cooper was in it. Wow. There you go. So, um, sort it, of predated <laughs> Alias? Yeah. Yeah. Just. And that's the gag here. See, all the dudes were actually reporting to Jennifer Connolly. So it was very much yep. a female I empowerment. I wanting to report to Jennifer Absolutely. Connolly myself. <laughs> <laughs> well... There was sex in it. So the idea behind the show was that it was a sexy the Wall street, street journey. The street. So um and it was really, really good. And I was like, I watched every frame of it and I'm like, this is great. This is exactly up my alley, and then it disappeared. Right. So I was like, son of a bitch. So um I've always actually wanted to see like at least three seasons of that thing. So the street. Okay. That's a very you then choice. Fair yes. enough. My number four is a show which I think you still refuse to watch, Wayne, although in the lifetime of this podcast I have sung its praises. Once or twice on the air and several times behind the scenes to you, 2019's Chernobyl. Yeah, yeah. I, it's one of those I got to get two things. Haven't yeah, done it five, yet. maybe six episodes, and it just follows the what took place in 1986 when the nuclear reactor at Chernobyl melted down, and the absolute what's the word here? Clusterfuck. Yeah, clusterfuck, ineptitude, lack of care from most in the high up in the Russian government. It's mind-boggling how little they care about the people they're supposed to represent. But the evidence is there. There's an infamous moment in the show where they've got German tech. German tech can save them, can bring an end to this thing. No, 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 we're not going to use that because how will that look if the West comes to save us? Oh, uh, oh, I see. West Political. German, sorry, sorry, so West German tech. Okay. Yeah. Ah, uh. And instead they sent a whole bunch of guys in just to die, to get That's radiation poisoning m- and die. It's up. monstrous. That and really? Absolute killer performances. From Stellan Skarsgård and Jared Harris. Is it all subtitles, or do they do the Hunt for Red October thing where they? Mostly, it's it's uh, talking in, in heavily accents. Okay, you get past that. This one of the showrunners is Craig Mazin, who's now doing uh, The Last of Us, which just had its final episode. Ah. So yeah, I cannot recommend this show enough. It was at the time it finished in June two thousand and nineteen, the highest rated TV show on IMDb. It's since fallen all the way down to about number five. So it's an absolute juggernaut of a show. It's incredible and everyone should watch it if you're into drama. Fair enough. Okay, yeah, no, you're not the first one to tell me this. My number three is where Police Squad happens, so we're back to you. Ooh, okay, volley, volley, right back to me. My number three is another show which we we both sang the praises of in the lifetime of this show from back in 2020 in the first year of the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Michael Jordan is a very interesting fella. Oh, The Last talking? Dance. That's a great choice. I didn't even think about documentaries. I got to give shout out and props and love here to Nicole Presley, patron to the show and all around great supporter who, who jogged my memory on this. Of course, this is one of the greatest television oh, series ever put together. It's amazing. I wish it was on my list. I'm a basketballer. Well, I was anyway. I don't get to play anymore because of dodgy back and all the bits and pieces getting old. But... Loved basketball. And this era was my heyday. Oh, no, no. The, the 90s for NBA, everyone shat their pants over that. Even I knew about it. And I don't know shit about sports. Yeah. And this is literally the 1990s Chicago Bulls. It basically follows Jordan's sort of comeback. And their final season. This is the last dance. This is the last time we're going to keep these, this team together. And I talk about why and how and what's happening behind the scenes with the Chicago Bulls. And Jordan's at the forefront of it. And then we get, but we get interviews with Pippen and Rodman and a lot of other players from that era as well both on the team and opposition to including some of the great rivalries he had with, say, Magic Johnson and, and Isaiah Thomas. And, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember all those names. But for me, as someone who did not like the Bulls because they were all conquering and not my team. And also they weren't the Pistons. Exactly. <laughs> and I was going for the Pistons, who were one of their, their great rivals for this period as well. What I really love about it is it just shows the hubris that Michael Jordan, what drove him to be the greatest basketball player of his era and maybe of all time, depending on who you talk to and how you want to get into that argument, mm-hmm, mm-hmm is the very same thing that makes him an asshole to this day. He, he cannot let things go. No, he's driven by spite. And it's it's ugly. Like, I get it. You walk on a court and you're at that level, you need to be absolutely ruthless. You need to be at that level. But then 
I think a truly great player or a great human can turn it off when they need to. Walk Did off, it? walk off the court, different. Who I can't remember which coach said this, but the, someone asked him, what's the difference between, who's the current? LeBron James. LeBron James and Michael Jordan. And he said, LeBron James wants to beat you on the court. Yep. Michael Jordan wants to beat you everywhere yep. in every aspect of yep. your life. And even maybe you could even argue as a player, okay, you can kind of understand that. But you know, when he's taking money from the dude who looks the runs the door because they're playing whatever stupid with that game, hair and the, yeah, and I'm like, come on, Michael, he's an asshole. And you know what? I've heard a story that um, when he because he's big on gambling for golf, yes. right? He's big on gambling full stop in general, right? Yeah. But if you uh, play a golf game with him and you've got however much money, a thousand dollars a hole, I assume he just plays with the rich folks. It could be even way more than that, right? Yep. Apparently, if he wins, right, and you're like, oh, wicked, let's go back, and then you go to the 19th hole and you get a drink, he won't let you sit down. He's go, go get your checkbook. Go get your checkbook. Come back. Sign it over. Then you can have a drink. Like that. Like, mm-hmm. he's that guy. He's like, your money needs to be in my pocket. Like, you know. <laughs> I'm like, fucking hell. That was so, it's not even about money. It's about you being like that. I'm assuming when he, if, if and when he lost, he would pay up just as quickly. If that's the case, then okay, I guess. But still. It's just, he, he's got all the money in the world. It's he, obviously not yes, for that. It's for, his, it. it's for his, his like, ego. ego. Yes, yeah. to feed his ego. And even to the when he was brought into the NBA Hall of Fame, he had some rambling inc- around this time, this incoherent speech where he was just still going off about people who disrespected him. And it's like fucking hell, Michael. What, what more respect can you get? You're being you're being brought you into the NBA Hall of, Hall of Fame. This exactly. is as good as it gets, mate. Just enjoy the moment. Let it go. So I have to say, part of my love for the show is watching this guy who yeah, I'm because- like fuck. Yes, you are what I thought you were. Yeah, because I remember yeah. back in high school, we'd see a Michael Jordan commercial and Paul, but you know, he'd be like a bunch of. Oh, I wish I wish he played for Detroit. I wish he played for my team. He was he was absolutely unbelievable. But oh no, he was the shit. Yeah, he just he destroyed my team too many times over for me to like him. <laughs> Turns out my not liking him as a person is absolutely correct. So yeah, no, that was a great show. I was hooked. Nice one, nice one. Yeah, sorry, ramble, ramble all that too much. It uh, has all good, been. all good. It's worth it. Uh, my number two, ladies and gentlemen, is a show called Watchmen. Yeah, you told me watch Oh, I've seen the first episode. It was good. I just oh, haven't, watch got, all of I haven't it. got it back around to it. Oh, well, let me tell you about this, Paul. Watchmen is actually... You'd think it'd be a sequel to the Zack Snyder movie. It's actually a sequel to the comic. Mm-hmm. So the things that happen... The difference between the Zack Snyder movie and the comic is the squids. The, the giant squid at the end of the comic was turned into a nuclear threat in the Zack Snyder movie because it would be very weird to film a giant squid that eats the world. Right. Right? But... In this show, they actually reference the squid and they actually make things happen with the squid. Maybe why, as much as it was good, it didn't really grab me as hard as I thought it was going to because I haven't ever read Watchmen. I've only seen the Zack Snyder movie. To be honest with you, the Zack Snyder movie is good enough because apart from that ending and a couple other things, it's actually... I think Watchmen is amazing. The Zack Snyder's watched me. No one else thinks that. But, no, it's um, got his fans, clearly. Yeah, but uh, this show follows a group of vigilantes who come out of retirement to investigate a white supremacist group known as the 7th Cavalry. Now, what's interesting about this show is that it was described by um, Mark Bernardin and a couple of people on this, these African-American girls. He said, this is the blackest show on TV. Mm. And, it's, and it's written by the lost guy. So, uh, what's his Damon name? Damon Lindelof? Yeah. And he actually is, this is one of those times where he conceived, he says, look, I'm only doing one season. Yeah, I, I did read an article somewhere online, him saying, you can carry this on if you want to, but you're doing it without me, because it was never meant to be anything more than one season He said, story. I've got nothing more to say than this. It all came out. But what happens is, you've got like, the, the action in it is amazing. The ideas behind it is amazing. Don Johnson is in it. Like, all these other folks. And it's like... It, Regina King, right? She's G- Regina King is sort of the lead, and yep. she kicks ass. Because what happens here is, if you're high up in the detectives, you actually get to wear a costume. You yeah, don't wear you don't the want, uniform. You don't want to be caught out as or recognized, right? But all the police wear this yellow mm. mask. So because they're none of because it's that kind of. A, it's basically this in in the in this universe, black reparations have happened. So the like the money was given to African American yep. folks, and like there's a lot of like white hate and that sort of stuff. But apart from all the political stuff, it's amazing how they. They actually weave in all of the Dr. Manhattan stuff. Man, you get to see his cock and it's huge. Again. Yeah. So, (laughs) (laughs) but it also, it almost transcends the superhero genre because it becomes like a drama, fantasy, amazing thing. It's nuts. And it's actually quite difficult to watch. I will tell you that. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. I I should make time for that when I find in amongst the movie watching and whatever. In fact, just finished uh, some good TV shows recently. So, kind of a bit of a hole in the schedule. Maybe now is. The time. Might be worthwhile. All right. My number two is the aforementioned reference, but not actually mentioned, I should say, Band of Brothers from 2001. This is as good as, I think, a story like this gets. Ten episodes following E Company, from memory, I could be wrong about that, in World War II, as they go into Europe, we see them training, 
We see David Schwimmer. David Schwimmer. Being an asshole. Yep. Training a dude. We see a whole bunch of these young actors like Ron Livingston and Damien Lewis. Yeah. And a bunch of other guys. You all reckon, oh, that's that guy from that guy. And there's probably a whole bunch of people I can't remember now because it's back in 2001. But it's based on a novel by or book by historian Stephen E. Ambrose and was produced by Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks. So you've got some pretty strong credibility right oh, yeah, there behind it. Stephen Prover And then this is... For TV, it was the one of the biggest productions of all time mm. at that point in time. And you see it on every frame on that screen. It feels like you are in World War II. I'm really? preaching the converted. Everyone's watched this show. The soundtrack's incredible. The, it hits you right in the hearts. All the things are the same with the Pacific, but just done that slight notch better because A, it was done first, and B, it has more, therefore has more of an impact. Mm. So if it, the Pacific's good, it's just you know 80% as good as Band of Brothers. Okay. Uh, speaking of Damien Lewis, um, you won't care about this, but I just heard a story that he's actually coming back to Billions. Oh, you were very sad when he left. I, not only was that he's left, I kept on watching Corey Stoll is the new bad guy. Sucks. Yeah, well. Like, it's just, it, the show is finished. I stopped watching clearly it. Clearly not a good year for Corey Stoll then because he sucks in Ant-Man and the Quantum. I mean, that wasn't his fault. That anyway. was the... Apparently, I heard they patched Ant-Man now. Like, he looks better if you go see him in the movies now. What? Apparently, they can patch now. They can no. actually patch releases. It's not a real anymore. It's not a fucking game. No, it's not. It's not like um. I know it's digital. I get it. Yeah, so you can patch it. You you don't have to go to each reel and cut it out. And you know what I mean? It's like I know, I know. I know. So anyway, okay, excellent. Well, are we going? 10 yeah, to 1? let's give us a recap of your list way and then reveal your number one for the top ten or the best one season television show, which has got to be the same one, right? Okay, it has to be. There's only yeah, one. Right, yeah. All right, number ten: Teenage Bunny Hunters. Uh, number nine: Gross Point. Eight: Battlestar Galactica. Seven: The People versus O.J. Simpson. Six: Hawkeye. Four, <laughs> five: Studio sixty on the Sunset Strip. Four: The Street. Three: Police Squad. Two: Watchmen. And my number one is, of course. Firefly. Firefly. It's also my number one. Okay, you know why? You know what? What did you tell us, why, Paul? <laughs> There's so many reasons why. Some will say, well, there was a comic book and there was a movie that came after. Sure, it's not the same medium. It was one season. It was cancelled. It fits this list. Absolutely. And it was a travesty and a tragedy because the world building that went on in this series, which was treated so shabbily yeah. by Fox when it was released, they put out the wrong episode first. Well, they kept changing yeah. the fucking time. Uh, you know, the night, I think it was Friday night. Then they switched it to another night, switched it to another time. It never found an audience because people couldn't find the fucking thing. That's right. And then after it gets canned, then people start to... like brown now coats. It's brown co- now it becomes like a whole thing and it's got this whole life on DVD. And uh, there was a special, I want to say not long ago, but it probably was 10 years ago now, where... Nathan Fillion, the whole cast came back with Joss Whedon. This is before all of his problems. Mm. And they talked about the... Um, Nathan Fillion in particular talked about the emotional experience making Firefly was and how it hurts his heart that it, that it didn't come out because everything he said worked the way it should have worked. Everything sh- From their point of view, the production was... Even though they got fucked with, because like you said, this, the network said, I want you to do episode two and play that first. So now you've got to write exposition around episode two, which is so hard to do. So... All of that shit. But the actual reason I liked it was I didn't expect to like it because I remember Paul told me it's a space western. I'm like, lame. And it's mixed cultures because you know, Chinese and American have become the dominant cultures and they've infused together. So, yep. that, that's so really all the cuss words are in Chinese. Yep. And even though it's in space, they're using combustion weapons. I really loved that. And it did that thing which almost no space television show and certainly genre film like this has done, a sci-fi adventure film has done. And that's there's no noise in space. Yep. So when it's... When Ship fires its reactors, you don't hear. Yeah, it's just boom. They just see yep. it. It's only in the atmosphere until it clears the atmosphere, and then it just boom. That's right. Out. And the thing about it as well is that most people, I remember thinking this at the time, I'm like, those are not just TV special effects. Those are really good special For, for its time, time I for would its agree. time, they are well superlative. And just the characters, you come to love them. They're all well built through these. Only aired 11 of the 14 episodes, of course, if you bought the DVD, which I did, <laughs> and watched them many times over. The all 14 episodes are there. So the they end. didn't even air the last three? No. Nope, it just stopped. Did it? I can't remember now. Did it come to a sort of... No, no. It just, end, it just ends ended? with an episode of... I think the last one is the one where they find the bounty hunter. and just That's it. That's just Peter's off. And so then they cut to... The Firefly. To Serenity, the movie. Then which, we go to Serenity. Which doesn't necessarily come right after it, but it's But like it does deliver some of the answers that the show was setting up, like the blue-handed man and what the deal was with River Tam and, and all the rest of that stuff. So and not that everything got answered, but enough got answered. That it, yeah, and the Reavers and where they came the from. The Reavers, that yeah. was fucking good. And then it turns out that the, the, the priest was, was an ex-operative, yeah. that kind of thing. And Say what you will about Joss Whedon and his personal life, that's that's yeah. fine. Yeah, the man but can the write. man can write and he wrote this excellent television show with a great idea and a great premise and 
Yeah, it's sad. I, I still hear rumors every now and again. Nathan Fillion will still throw some fire. He's too old. Uh, too old. Wood on the fire, saying we may yet come back to them. It's a whole different thing if it comes back now. It's a whole like. Well, it would be twenty years. It wouldn't be as stupid as fucking Indiana Jones Five. Hey, let's see how it goes <laughs> first, Paul. Okay, some of us are hopeful about that shit. So yeah, absolutely. Um, All right, let me just run through my list, and then we'll quickly mention honorable mention, and get into your feedback. My. Number 10 was Invasion 9, Rubicon 8, Battlestar Galactica 7, The Pacific 6, Harper's Island 5, Police Squad 4, Chernobyl 3, The Last Dance 2, Band of Brothers. And number one, The Tragedy, that is Firefly from 2002 to 2003. What have you got mm. for honorable mentions, Wayne? I actually had Faulty Towers in and I realized it was two seasons. Like, it's only 12 episodes, yeah, so it's six two seasons. Six. So that one's out. Look, there was this TV show, little known, it's called Karen Sisko. Okay. Oh, based on Out of Sight. Out of Sight. And the, it was played by Carla Gugino, who actually played Karen Sisko in Justified, because it's also a little oh, novel. I didn't realize right? they, they tied in. And it was like, she's I saw beautiful. a few episodes of it. Just the world wasn't ready for it, but she's so good in oh, it, man. She's, she's amazing. You know what? I saw yesterday, this is completely unrelated, other than it's about TV yeah. and about adaptations of stuff. There's a True Lies TV series, Wayne. What? Yeah, it's on Star right now. Two episodes are out. Well, it's current. Yeah. And it fucking sucks. Oh, really? <laughs> I was just going to ask you. It's, it's, I got 20 minutes through it and I was sitting there with my daughter we were just killing some time. I said, let's turn this off and actually I'll show you how it should go. And we put on the movie and watched the first 10 minutes of the movie before we had to sort of stop it. What'd she say? Oh, she was, she was starting to wind me up because she's getting to that age now. She's like, boring. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Boring. I said, can you just let Give it get it to the second, action? Yeah. Jeez. It's so funny. Uh, you have that with your daughter. I have that with like, Girls. If I'm, like, <laughs> if I'm saying like, hey, listen, you got to watch this show. Like, okay. And then I start getting nervous. What if it's the boring bit that I forgot? Or what if it was not as good as I remember? And then it becomes very stressful. I don't do that. No, it's terrible. You should check out True Lies on Star here in Australia. I don't know where it is. Hulu, whatever, in the States. Boy, it's bad. And, you know, the whole film, which sets up, you know, for an hour, a good hour setting up Jamie Lee Curtis finding out about Arnold Schwarzenegger's. It's 20 minutes in, she finds out. Oh, it's like, a, it's, so they actually they play the rushed, same beats. They, yeah. It's oh. even, the, the graphics at the start are even the same font. True Lies, do, 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 do. not quite Brad Fidel's music, but it's yeah. showing the same sort of true spin around. Font. I'm like, no, well, holy I, shit! And there's a there's a heist at the start and all that shit. I guess it's old enough now that you're like, well, maybe a new generation will find this and find it cool. Because like Buffy, the Vampire Slayer, you never thought from the movie they'd make that and then have it be a success. Yeah. You well, never that, know. That wasn't that big a time know. between either. But yeah. Anyway, uh, my two honorable mentions are Flash Forward from 2009 2010. It was conceptualized would be the next Lost, and it's set in a world where the whole world blacks out for two minutes and 17 seconds, and certain people got to see a glimpse into their future. So all these people are either rushing around trying to stop the future from happening, others trying to work out what that 2 minutes 17 means because something's organised this and it just died on the mind. It started out really strong and got a little bit silly and then people just stopped watching. So, And my number nine was a show which was basically about a family getting caught up in the gangster scene in 2007-ish New York. It's called The Black Donnellys. Uh, and it starred oh, Jonathan Tucker yeah, and yeah. Uh, Olivia Wilde. Oh. And I thought Jonathan Tucker was going to be huge, but uh, there are four Irish brothers and, yeah. Okay. Hijinks didn't... and two. Okay. And yeah. I think Olivia Wilde's his girlfriend. Didn't take off. No, nah, didn't oh, take well. off. But I enjoyed it. And I was like, oh, well, this is going to be really good. And it just stopped. Well, guess not. You know, someone, I've heard someone, this, a famous producer say that, like, it's easy to rag on what's on TV. But let me tell you something. If you're a writer and you write a show and then someone actually fin- amazingly agrees to produce it, the way you should look at that is, imagine the shittest version of your writing. Imagine the shittest possible <laughs> version of what you wrote. That's unfortunate. That's what's going to turn up on screen. So he said, so when you see something on TV, trust me, it's a miracle it got there in the first place. Yeah. So, you know, you got to be a little easy on them. All right, then. So let's get into what you had to say about Topic at Hand in our final segment. It's called The Pop 10. Talk about. Pop 10. Talk about. off this week's pop 10 with good friend john who's lander number three watchman yeah baby number two police squad i know surely i can't be serious but i am serious and stop calling me Shirley. yeah you go and number one band of brothers hbo has done a lot of good shows but this is by far the best so jokes on you john because he wrote so wayne will have it at seven <laughs> nope didn't have it at all yeah look after that last dance thing paul should win this <laughs> <laughs> Generous of you, uh, but uh, no one will listen. Kia Crow <laughs> said, number three, Bodyguard, an excellent tension-filled drama with Rob Stark. Not bad. It just ended a little weird, that one. I found it in the middle. like Something yeah. something just fell off, but it started so good. The first episode was very good. Number two, The Queen's Gambit, stylish as fuck and somehow made chess sexy. 
I want to watch that. Mm, yeah, I tried. It wasn't for me, but Not for people you. love the shit out of that show. And number one, The Last Dance, the best sports documentary series ever, has to be number one on this list. Fair enough, Kia. Fair. Baboom. Enough. Good call. Brianna Petty, patron of the show, Freaks and Geeks, The Get Down. Oh, yeah, The Get Down. And another vote for Watchmen. Yeah, girl. You can get yourself a lot of votes there. So I was our top little patron of the show, said number three, Police God. Number two, The Cult, a New Zealand TV show, which I've never heard of. Never heard of that one. And number one, Nowhere Man, which sent David Power into absolute spasms of, of enjoyment. What roasting. do I know about that? I know that one. What is that? Hey, look, there's all thread in the Facebook community. Go okay. check it out if okay. you want to have it and get in, get in bed with those two because, boy, Whew. needed to no, get I've got to remember what it is now. Okay, good. Michael F- Hill said, as much as I want to say Firefly, I feel like it's slightly unfair since it received a movie in a comic book series that continues the story. Nope. And it is named enough. Well, fair enough. Uh, number three, Queen's Gambit would probably be higher, but it was meant to be one season. Okay, that's fine. Okay. Uh, number two, Almost Human. How did this show not do better? Number one, Forever. This show deserved better. I don't know that one. I don't think I do either. Okay. The aforementioned David Powell said, Nowhere Man, this show was fucking riveting. Number two, Limitless. Took the premise from a solid movie and made an almost perfect show. That is a good show. Limitless isn't bad, surprisingly. Okay. Never watched it. Uh, managed to be both an engrossing espionage film and a comedy at the same time. Jake McDormand is perfect in the lead and support cast about as good as it gets. And number one, Darkest Skies. This was my X-Files. Where the latter was set the present, this took in place in 1960s setting and added all the X-Files style alien invasion stuff. Plus they added some of the riveting, countless real-world figures from the time, such as Jim Morrison, RFK, obviously uh, mm. Robert Kennedy, yep. the Beatles, Hoover, and the like. So, yeah. And he said, this show was just lightning in a bottle and was criminally overlooked and the guys behind the show have done nothing but crap ever since. Oh, so there you go. Unfortunate. Lee Allen Thomas said, Midnight Mass, that is a Heard of it, Mike Flanagan show. Number two, Chernobyl, number one, Band of Brothers. Michael Thompson, new member to the Facebook community. Welcome, Michael, said number three, Constantine from 2014. The Flash from 1991 and Terra Nova from... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I remember that one. I'm glad you liked it, Michael. uh, I can see why it didn't get renewed personally. Not for you. you. I remember my girlfriend at the time laughing the shit out of me for trying to persevere with that show. That wasn't one with Muppets, was it? No, no, it was Dinosaurs. Dinosaurs. Steven Spielberg, I'm pretty sure, was an executive producer. Wow, doesn't... Yeah. Philip Meany, another page of the show, said Garth Marenghi's Dark Place, number three. Watchmen again, number two. And number one, Brass Eye. Ignore the special, okay? (laughs) The Dark Place is a weird one. Mm, yeah. Okay, never, never seen that one. Sam Hurley from the Movie Views and 20 Qs podcast, putting episodes back out there in the world again. Good to hear from you, Sam. Said, Freaks and Geeks and Firefly are given. I'll round it off with Almost Human. Mm. And I shouted her out before, but Nicole Presley said, Firefly is the only acceptable number one for me. Glad to hear it. And Ben Burnham said, Police Squab, Chernobyl, and Band of Brothers to wrap it up this week. I think you got it. Nice Thank one. you very much, everyone, for giving or getting back to us with your feedback. We're sorry we couldn't get to you all. We really, truly do appreciate it. Wayne, how are the good folk get in touch with us with that feedback? And what's happening next week for episode 417? Well, let's start with how you get in touch with us. Listen to... <laughs> Listen to Wayne trying to do two things at once as he quickly reaches for the show schedule to find out what we're meant to be doing. Absolutely. I remember because it's also the eighth year anniversary of the show. Don't worry. I know what it is, Wayne. Yeah, why don't you just tell us, Cracker? We're going to do the top 10 cover songs oh, of word. all time. That'll so another musical episode for you. And again, someone out there gave us this idea. Might have been John Hislander, but if it wasn't, please... Let us know so I'll give you due credit next week. All right, how do people get in touch with us, Wayne? Google The Countdown Podcast, get all our socials, follow us, do all those things. Send us an email at thecountdownpodcast at gmail.com or check out our website, thecountdownpodcast.com. That's it from us today. Thank you so much for joining us and we hope you've got uh, at least a one season of TV show you can go and watch. My name is Paul. My name is Wayne. And this has been The Soundboard. Hot damn! Vindication! Fuck off. Got the reaction I was looking for. We'll catch you next time. See ya.